You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. You know that I feel like it's important to express yourself. You got to put your true self out there. And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do that. That's right. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know it doesn't get any more comfortable than the Croc clogs and sandals. They are just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit Crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong. Radiant. Timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. I am exactly who I am because of my father. Deadass. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm DeVal. And we're the Ellises. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we are. Mm -hmm. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take pillow talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. Story time. I remember being 17 years old and honestly feeling like my father didn't like me. Like I knew that he loved me, but I remember saying to myself, my father doesn't like me much. And I remember saying to myself, like, dang, what did I do that my father doesn't like me? Because I felt like I was my whole life I had tried to do everything I can to make my father proud. So at that point at 17, I said, I'm tired of trying to make my father proud. I'm just going to do what I want. And that's when I started to rebel a little bit. I started to talk back a lot and just make my own decisions. And when I left to go to college, I was so excited about being out the house until I was gone. 
And then it was in that moment when I got to college and everything my father was trying to teach me and instill in me hit me like a ton of bricks. And I realized, damn, that's why he was the way he was. All right. <clears throat> it's karaoke time. <clears throat> I got my brothers in here, right? So I'm actually going to sing the song Brothers with my brothers. I'm going to need y'all to join in with me, all right, from the Best Man soundtrack, if y'all remember this, all right? So we're going to start from the verse. All right, ready? One, two, three. What can a brother do for me? He can help you up when you are down. What can a brother do for me? He can be my eyes when you can't see. What can a brother do for me? He can help you be the best man I can. I can be. 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 Help you be the best man I can be. Woo! That was terrible. <laughs> that was terrible. All right, man. I think I drowned y'all out. But uh, welcome, welcome, guys. Welcome, man. So I want to introduce y'all to this very special group of guys here because this group here became my, my clan here in California when I moved out here. All right, and I'm going to go in order as the people are watching me here. So we're going to go to my left. We're going to go to Salvin Naeem. Salvin actually put me in my first film. Uh, he's an award-winning producer, director, actor, rapper, does everything. Father, husband, got a son now, ex. Shout Sorry, out. Shout right. out. Thank you for, for joining us. Solvin, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Thank you for having us. To his left is my man, Sir Bafo. Shout out, Brooklyn. All day. Coney know. Island. Yes, sir. Photographer. He's worked on the Lakers, the Chargers, with BT, Will Smith. I mean, you've, you've done a lot of work with a lot of people, bro. A lot of work. You got out here first. You told me I years was. ago, you was like, yo, D, yo, D, you want to make it? You got, you got to come out to Hollywood. <laughs> I mean, you said, Solomon told me the same thing. It's true. So, uh, Sir Bafo, I appreciate you love, coming bro, out here, Love, bro. Love, my brother. Yes. And to his left, and last but certainly not least, my new brother from another mother, Lives down the block from me. I ain't going to tell y'all where we live because I don't want nobody rolling up on us. You Exclusive. Know what I'm it's my man Rob Devon Butler, former NFL athlete, plays safety. He liked to hit people, now works in corporate America. He's a father, husband, also a son. We're all sons, but also father to four beautiful children, uh, two sons and two girls. Rob, thank you for coming and joining us. Blessings, bro. I had been struggling so many times with what I was going to do for the men's episode because... We, Kadeen and I always do the podcast together, but last year one of our, our biggest episodes was the guys episode, and we talked about dating and relationships, and people loved that. But I felt like it was important, especially in today's time, to talk about fatherhood, especially black fathers. And I think it's important because um, Rob, Slick, and myself, we work out every morning together. And every time we get together, people would think, as men, we would be talking about ass, you think we would be talking about women, and but we literally sit there and talk about fatherhood. What are we doing? We ask each other because Rob has the oldest children. He has grown children. So Slick is always asking me questions, but I bring Jackson with me, and I'm like, yo, Rob, how do I deal with this? And then I, I felt like I should bring Bafo because Bafo was in the space where I feel like if I didn't have kids and I had a group of people that could tell me what to look out for, I could make decisions based on those things. 
which is going to lead me to a question that I want to know from you guys, right? I, in story time, I talked about what my father was to me. And I kind of want to hear from each of you what your father was to you guys. Slick? Well, uh, I mean, I have to really think about that because, you know, unfortunately, I didn't have a, a great relationship with my father um, until I got married, you mm-hmm. know, and then my wife, you know, brought us tried to try to mend that relationship because she knew that that was, uh, you know, that that needed to be needed work needed to be done there. So there was a large gap of Mm -hmm. years, you know, that, um, you know, that we didn't really talk much or, you know, or or, or go back and forth. So I I have to kind of go back to, you know, my very early years. And um, I, what my father was to me was, you know, disciplinary, um, Hard worker, though mm-hmm. you know, self-made. That's, mm-hmm. You know, he started his own company. So he's an example, because clearly, yeah, that's yeah. what you are. Yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah, definitely, that was one thing. Uh, and, and then, and then, just kept progressing in that. You know, mm-hmm. he, he, so he, he completely just did his own thing. You know, and you're North African. Yeah, yeah. And your father is. But my father is actually white. Father's white. Yeah, okay. and my mother is is Algerian. Is Algerian. Okay, okay. So okay. my father came. My my father came to New York. Um, uh, before I was born, obviously, and met my mom, and, 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 you know, they had me over there, but he, um, they divorced immediately, like, after I was born, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Uh, I don't even know how they even got together, it's, it's just to make me. Right. And, um, and then he went, he moved to, uh, Inwood, Washington Heights, to 11 Finisham, and, uh, that, that was the hood, that was the Dominican hood. Mm-hmm. So, you know, most of my... That's sh- why I thought you were Spanish. <laughs> yeah, that was, it. I mean, that was... <laughs> Facts. I thought he was Puerto Rican when he walked in. Yeah. Like, he said from New York, I thought he was from Puerto Rican. Like, I called him Slick 33 when I first met him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that's been my life in New York, Thanks. explaining to, you know, Puerto Ricans and Dominicans that I'm not Puerto Rican and Dominican. <laughs> right, you know, right. Sometimes I got to say it in Spanish, and then I'm like, ah, I'm not Spanish. Mentira, mentira, papi. But, um, so, so yeah, so, so I watched him literally, you know, go from broke as hell, mm-hmm. you know, Whack ass whip that mm. was still getting broken into, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Um, to you know, to to making something of himself and you know, be, being. And that was a good example for you. So yeah. Your father, you would say your father was an example. More than a it, presence, he was just an example. Yeah, and he was very present mm. at, 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 in the early phase. And, okay. and and actually, as a as a baby, what, what pissed off my mom because my mom was the worker. My mm. mom was working a nine to five, mm. and my father stopped, quit his job just to be with me as a baby. Oh, wow, wow. And uh, which wow. made my mom mad because now she's the breadwinner, and she's like, yo, we got these bills or whatever, but my, my wow. pops would finesse it pretty ill because he was an engineer before he got into computer software and uh, and would just be able to just do a freelance job and make, make like 1200 and then be like, here's the money for the for the, just enough, you know, for for the bill, and I would make that would piss my mom off even more because she'd be like, crazy, you can make money and you're not doing it, <laughs> right, right, you know right, what right, I mean? Right. <laughs> it's funny. All, I think all fathers learn to finesse. My father was a finesse. He he got his associate's degree, didn't go to college after that, was bouncing, and then started working for Chase Manhattan Bank, and then became like, you know, he does um computer programming and mainframing. And I used to be like, how do you how do you manage to make money? You don't even have a bachelor's degree. And he's just, just like, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Like, like your dads <laughs> always know how to finesse. That sound Bafa. like him, too. It does, does that yeah. sound like school. Bafa, what about your pops? Uh, my dad. My dad's pretty awesome, actually. We have a really good yeah. relationship, yeah. Um, growing up, he was around. He was definitely a disciplinary. But um, 
I didn't I didn't know anything away from discipline in a sense. Like I didn't know that that was wrong. I and guess your father was from Ghana. If yes, my parents are from Ghana. Um, my dad uh, played. He was a soccer player in Ghana. Left Ghana in the seventies by himself. Came to America. Uh, came to figure out America. Mm-hmm. Came to figure this shit out. And um, I'm good, Carson. That's yeah, you good, Carson. Yeah, I, ain't dead ass, I ain't gonna old D, but dead you know, ass shit like shit. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so he uh, came to America um, and uh, in the seventies. And just wanted to establish some sort of ground here, which he did. And then he went back and got my mom and my three brothers and brought them over. So for me, um, seeing seeing that and hearing that story growing up, I mean, I felt like this man left the country that mm-hmm. he was very comfortable and familiar with to go to another country that he had nothing, nobody there, um, and started a, a, a space and, and, and started working for himself and started right. to build a, a foundation here in America where he was able to bring my family over. So for me, um, he's like a true example of like, you yeah, know what I mean, saying some shit I need to be emulating and yeah. how I would love for my kids at some point right. to see their grandfather and, and know these things about him. So, yeah, it's big. So that's two things over there I heard. Example, example, Rob, yeah. you and your father. Now, I met your father. He's been spending the last week with us he's working, working out, with out us in the morning, 58, 57, 57 years old, working out with us young bucks. What was your father to you? Man, I'm, I'm sitting here reflecting as I listen to my brothers that, go, that went before me and the thing that comes to mind for me is, you know, my dad was uh, a role model. He occurred for me as a role model growing up, but what I what I came to know as a father myself now is he was a real model. So my dad didn't hold no punches. He didn't hide uh-huh. anything from us. Um, so he showed us the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know. Uh-huh. So I took that. By and large, I said, man, this is not what I'm going to do with my kids because it's team <laughs> right. too much. Right. But now we're looking back on this, like everything that I got to, that you experience as a young man, especially a young black man growing yeah. up in America, my dad put me through it before I got to, to, to live through it myself. Mm-hmm. So I kind of already had him as a reference point. Some people would say, well, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, you shouldn't have your first beer or your first this. You, you shouldn't be talking about sex with you. But right. my dad was an open book. Um, aside uh, from that, he, he, one of the things that stand out to me the most is that he always pushed the envelope for more. He always, he wanted me, my brothers to be better than him. Okay. And so he was, I would get straight A's, bro. You know, being a football player, score five, six, seven touchdowns. He want to point out the tackle that I missed. Missed. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Or the coverage like that I blown. <laughs> right. Yeah. And to your point earlier, I always felt like, yo, dude, why you, why, why can't you never give me my props? Right, right, right. And it wasn't until I was 30 years old. This is nine years ago. We had a conversation about, you know, why would, why would you ride me? How come you never gave me attaboy? He said, son, look, I always felt like you didn't, like, I was never good enough for you. Mm-hmm. He said, son, listen, the reason why I rode you that way is because I saw who you was. Straight A's was the expectation. Right. Five, right. six, seven touchdowns, a game, that's, that's, who, that's who you was. So, right. that's, so when you when you fell short of that, it was like I had a problem with it. But when you did it, it was like that's what I expected out of you. Right. And I finally got, I got, I got that. And you got that at 30. 30. Yeah, but how did you feel about that? I let him know how I felt about it. I told him, I communicated to him that I, I, I had developed a complex of not being good enough. Uh-huh. So how that shoot showed up in the world was I, I always strive to overachieve. Yeah. And what was driving was this internal dialogue, the monologue really between me and me saying that you're not, you're not good enough. Um, so there was an impact. So I'm glad you say that because where I want to take this conversation is we, and in this current culture, we hear oftentimes, you know, 
black men don't defend black women. Mm. Black men don't love black women. Black men don't marry black women. These are all the things that we're hearing about black men. And I want to have this conversation because we all had fathers in our lives. And I want to know what happened in our lives that made us be the way we are, and especially in our 20s, when you're in that dating process. Because when you're older and married, it's easy to say now, but we're talking about people who date in their 20s, between 20 and 25. Who were you? How do you think having your father in your life, or if he wasn't in your life at that time, made you be who you were? And if you were that way, would you have dated yourself? How did your father and, and who he was help you become the man you are to be a companion for someone else? And this is open floor. This is, you don't got to go in order. I want to hear that. Who were you in your 20s when you were dating? I was terrible. Yeah. yeah. speaking, yeah. Um, would I date myself in my 20s? Nah, I wouldn't. Um, I was fun, but I wasn't serious. Mm. So depending on, you know, I guess the lady or the girl at the time that I was dating, depending on what she wanted, she could get fun, but I wasn't really serious. So when it came to being serious and, like, I settled down towards the back end of prior to moving to L.A. I had a girlfriend for, like, three years. Mm. Um but I myself know that, like, if I was a female, excuse me, if I was a lady um, looking at myself at 20, I would not have, I would have, I would, don't get me wrong, I'd be like, damn, he's cute, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, <laughs> but I personally would not date myself because I was selfish. I was very selfish at that ah, young age. Yeah, I was very selfish. Um, I figured I was also selfish when I'm the youngest of seven. Um, okay, so that we makes were wild deep, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I was the last one. And, a few things did kind of go my way growing up, but for the most part, I've always felt like I had to like, I, even till today sometime, like, they'll be like having sibling discussions and I'll ch I might chime in and they'll be like, oh, Steve, you're young, you know, or, right. hey, but, you know, you're young, you're young. They just dismiss you. And it, absolutely, till today. So I think I've had that complex growing up of wanting to sit in this, be the same level when it, like, as I got older now, even when I talk to my mom, I'll, I'll be talking to my mom, she's in Ghana now, and I'll talk to them and I'll be like... I'll be saying things to her, and I'll be like, "Mom, you know, like I'm, I'm not a kid. I'm a grown. I'm grown now, though." You right, you gotta let, remind her. I have to kind of say remind that her. to kind of let her know, like, "Mom, I'm good. I'm very careful. I'm aware." You know right. what I mean? So they, I mean, like I, as they say, you know, uh, you're gonna forever be their babies. You know, no mm -hmm. matter what. Um, but you're gonna forever be their babies when you're also the youngest of many. And you so know? you being the youngest, that just made you. Have immature to, and it selfish. Very immature and young. As and a young man, I, if you, bro, I would not have. Like I grew, I grew up in Coney Island, Brooklyn, Coney Island. That shit's the hood, my guy. Mm -hmm. And if you would have told me then that I lived in the hood, you wouldn't. I have wouldn't have believed you because I was able to get everything I needed. And from wanted. there, if I wanted Jordans, my yeah, you could got, get it. Right. right. If I needed the new system. I that remember came we out, went to high school together. Right. You had everything. <laughs> you was kind of fly. You know, so it's kind of to me, it's like looking at it, I'm like, I didn't realize. The life that I was, but it also, like I said, I think that all contributes to the fact that I was last born and just feeling this need right. to want to step out and be seen beyond everybody else. Um, and I think it kind of has kept, like, followed me into my adult life yeah. in a way where I've taken good out of that. Though. I've taken the good bits of that uh -huh. in terms of, like, being seen and being work and working and just not constantly trying to be better every day. I think that was something that I carried over. I don't know if they knew what they were instilling in me when it, when it right. was happening, but that shit's in my blood, bro. I feel you. Slick, I knew Slick in his early 20s. I, I, I didn't see his action. Yeah, I mean, I definitely wouldn't date myself. <laughs> I mean, but yeah. I, Facts. But I, but, fact. Yeah, but I go home with myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. you know, you know, have same, fun. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I think the environment that we are in, uh-huh. you know what I mean, the yeah. fellas that we grew up with, you know, and, right. and you know, it's about you know how many, you know, how many you uh, can how many bodies and yeah, how yeah. Many, what you could do, and you know, this is that competition, you know, it's right, that, right, right, like, right, you know, it's that camaraderie that you go out and you're like, all right, I'm gonna get this and yeah. that, and right, 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 and then you know, on top of that, my, you know, my boy Sam, yes, you Sam, know, always. so I had, I had like, he's like an older brother of mine. Uh, I was also the youngest, um, and uh, he would he his job was a was, was a doorman. He was at, a doorman at the at the, club, at, bro. at the biggest clubs right. in New York City. Yeah, in, in so New York like, City. Access. Yes. So access so plan. I was get I was going into these clubs, but t- when I was sixteen. Young. So from sixteen. By the time I was of age, I was like, I was like the club. I was like, come on, I know how to maneuver everything. And I was, he was giving me drink tickets too, cause I couldn't afford the drinks. I was like, so, you know, to me, like when Cash, you was better like, get oh. Sam locked up, yeah. like, giving drink tickets to minors and shit. What was Sam doing? Right, right. Sam yeah. was like, trying to let you live, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always like when he give me the tickets, I always feel for the the thickness of the stack. You know, and I'd be like, oh, I got a stack today. You know what I mean? And, and it, so you know, the, the, and it, it was so funny too, cause you know the girls I'd be talking to in the club. Be like, oh, you're a baby. You you must be like 22 or 21. And I'm like, I'm you know, idiot. 17. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you got that right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so yeah, so so you mix that with you know growing up in New York and also my, like I said, my mother was a very hard worker, so she wasn't very she wasn't home a lot. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, even though she was there for me for anything I needed, so you know I had uh, you know all of the yeah the ingredients. Yeah. You know what I mean to to, yeah. to get reckless. You know, uh, in the city, mm. Rob. You know, I, I thought about, I'm thinking about this question. Listen to my brothers. I'm going to take a different cut on it. Because you was married young. I was married young. I got married at 21. Oh, yeah. Right. So, you know, at, at first ask, I would answer the question the way they did. Nah, hell no, nah, I wouldn't date myself. But now I think back to, like, the values that my dad had instilled in me. He had, he had four Fs. Dad, forgive me. I got I to gotta share this with the world. Share it. Oh, yeah, four share Fs. It. When it comes to girls, find them, feel them, fuck them. Uh-huh. And forget, forget him. him. I knew that oh, was going. And then I'm like five. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's right. But That's right. so so that was that was the that was the the conditioning. But something in my spirit never felt that doesn't feel right. Right. Because right. it's like if you abide by that philosophy, does that explain why you left my mom when we were when I was two? Right. 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 And I didn't want that. Yeah. So I I was I was a wild boy early. So I uh-huh. lost my virginity at twelve. So all wow. the all the buns dudes 12. was getting in college. You was, you I was getting buns in middle school. Oh yeah. So you talked about being exhausted because you was in the club early. Because I started early, I wasn't trying to get another notch under my belt by eighteen, nineteen, and twenty. Mm-hmm. It was about the connection and the love. Okay. So I was a I was a I was a mono, I was a serial monogamous mm-hmm. slash cheater. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Yeah, so monogamous slash <laughs> cheater. That's so, hilarious. That's new. That's a new. That's a new He's here's, a hybrid. Here's, here's here's the meaning behind it. Like every woman that I dated felt like they was my woman mm-hmm. because that's the level of chivalry and care mm-hmm. right. you and gave giving I gave to them. Mm-hmm. I was always a giver. Because your father was a gentleman. Yeah, he, he taught you how he, to be. He was smooth. Yeah, he was smooth. He, yeah, he, he had an agenda. He had an agenda. I remember he, when we was talking, he yeah. just told me, "Yeah, you got you in the right way." You know what I'm saying? So I so I I never mess with girls to. Say I did that. I messed with them to be like, I wanted to blow their minds. I wanted them to love me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to be the best they ever had. That, mm. that whole right. thing. So mm. I would That's definitely the... date young right. 20-year-old RDB because he was a good, he was a good dude. Yeah. Right. But, you know, he had some other things he had to work out. For sure. You know what's crazy? I, I've, been, I've been with Kadeem since I was 18. Um, in my mid-20s, I would not date young DeVal. Um, it's funny when I watch people on social media and even on TV, they be like, oh, this is relationship goals. 
And I'm like, y'all see relationship goals now, but if y'all knew Deval and Kadeem in 2006, 2007, <laughs> you wouldn't be saying the same thing. You know what I'm saying? And, right, and right. Necessarily, it wasn't because I was a scumbag. I, and this is what you know brings me to have this conversation. I realized that I didn't understand what it was to be a boyfriend or a fiance or a husband. I just didn't understand because my father never had that conversation with me about what it is to be in a monogamous relationship. This is the conversation me and my pops had about sex. Come here, bro. I said, what? You know I got condoms in my drawer, right? I said, yeah. Good job. <laughs> that was it, bro. That's it. That was it. And, and here's the thing. My father was a mentor to 30 to 50 other young men in our community. He ran a junior layman in Salem Missionary Baptist Church. But he and I never had that conversation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that left me to do what I wanted to do. My brother, my brother had a baby at 17. And it's crazy because you mentor all these other young men, but I never really felt like my father was my mentor. Mm -hmm. So when I was in my 20s, I was being my, I was being what I thought a man was. And I learned a lot through watching rap videos. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, yeah. you see chicks, you see a nice chick, you want to smash, you bag. But I did learn from my father and my uncle Kevin to always respect women. Mm -hmm. So I was yeah. never disrespectful. That's a fact. Yeah. You yeah. know true, what I'm saying? True. I was never, ever disrespectful to women, but I just didn't know how to be monogamous, even though I was trying. You know, and that makes me want to, you know, made me want to ask this question, how do we break that? If we want to raise young men mm -hmm. or even raise young women to be in relationships because you got two daughters and I always say I want to have a daughter you don't have kids yet you have a son but what now as fathers we have to start to think about what we didn't learn and how we act because we just said we all said we wouldn't date our 20 year old selves no. except me except you yeah, you yeah, said you would yeah, but there's women out there who are looking to date and there's something that I think Rob said that I think women deal with that men don't deal with women develop faster both phys physically and mentally so I remember in high school, all the bad chicks in high school that we went to high school with, with the older guys, with the older dudes, yep. <laughs> and I'm talking about sophomores. I remember sophomores Word. in high school. Facts. Shorty, you 14, with the and, and you were a senior. He right. drives, right? He got and a car. He got, you know what I'm saying? So they've been dealing with adult issues from 14. Facts. So the time they get to 20, they're like, I'm tired of dealing with kids. <sighs> but us as men, we don't get to that point until, like you said, we 25. Now I'm in that position where yeah. I can. You know, kind of have fun, and then women are kind of like, "Well, I had fun from fourteen to twenty. I'm looking for a husband." Yeah. How do we, you know, as fathers, begin to break that for our kids, especially our boys, especially because I know you got two, you got one, I got three. What do we tell our boys? I mean, personally, I feel like they have to go through the motions. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I wouldn't. They gotta. They have to learn a lot on them on their own. And I, mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to deprive my. I wouldn't even want my son to be husband material at eighteen. Person. Oh, that's fair. I agree with you 100% yeah, 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 on that. You know what I'm saying? I like, agree with you 100% like, on that. Like, let him, let him go through things and obviously, you know, respect, respecting women, respecting everybody. You know what uh -huh. I'm saying? It just respect, uh -huh. period, is, is, is you know, paramount in, in, in mm -hmm. raising him. That's what I'm going to do. But I'm going to let him do his thing, you know what I mean? And, and until, like, you know, until he starts getting serious about somebody and, you know, I feel like he's super serious about mm -hmm. this, this girl. And then I can have a talk with him and be like, all right, you know. So, can so we, we can't put an age can on I, it. Can go I, go I ahead, something? Go ahead. Can, is that the same approach if you have a female daughter? Like if you have a daughter? I'm That's sorry? what I was going to say. What that do we tell energy, our daughters? That same energy we put as far as how we feel, you know, we would give, let our son just kind of do him and figure it out. Are we taking that same angle with our daughters, though? I don't know. I don't know. It's See, it probably, it probably be a little the, more sensitive. Issue, sir. Here's the issue, though. If you telling your son figure it out, he need people to figure it out with. Right. So if you're not going to raise your daughter right. to figure it out, then he's going to end up having to take advantage of someone's daughter who's trying to date yeah. uh, deliberately. Right. 
So, and that's where, to me, as fathers, we have to figure out what's good for our, our children. Chain, chain reaction. Because yeah. I don't know the answer. Yeah. I, I say I want a daughter, right? And I say to Kay all the time, man, when, I, when we have this girl, you're going to have to do this because I don't know what to say. Because yeah. I'm telling my boys, like, slick. I say, listen, you can't go into life thinking I'm going to be someone's husband until you explore a little bit. You have to. You have to know what you like and what you don't like. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe that just applies for women, too, though. Maybe so, that just applies. You have to explore and just decide what you want. Like, no? Does it not I'm cool with or? it. I'm cool with it, but I don't know if it's misogynistic for me to tell a woman to go out there and have fun with different gods until you figure it out. Because, you know what I'm saying? How do we How do we as fathers have that conversation with our daughters? I, don't, I, I mean, I we're not, yeah, oh, yeah, I don't have any it. kids, Yeah. you know, but I, I personally wouldn't say go out and have fun even to my son. I wouldn't be like, go out and just have fun. Nah, I would just kind of, I feel like it's just all in conversation and just things that he's experienced. Hopefully, I'm at a level with my son where he's comfortable to at least just talk to me. That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. Your child has to be able to come and want to talk to you, you know? So, if he's able to talk to me, I feel like then I can, he can put trust in me to tell me stuff and I can kind of veer guide and guide him you right, know, through right, the right, process right, 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 right. and not necessarily say, yo, go out and knock down 50 girls and then get that out your system and then get married. No, 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 no. I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like, kind of. So back Put home. the path a little bit for him. Help him pick that. Well, Rob, a, your daughter. But it's the relationship, though. Yeah, Rob has your, daughters. Your daughter just turned 21. Oh, yeah. Bro. What are those conversations like, Please, my guy? I'm curious to hear You're going to be a good dad, bro. Oh, I'm going to be a good dad? <laughs> You're going to be a good dad. My bro. man. So, so, so hey, here's ladies. the thing. Since, since you framed the question, I got to thinking. You ask the yeah. question, I get to thinking about shit introspectively, right? So there's, there's, two, there's a difference. The conversation with my sons is twofold. Mm. On one hand, it's idealistic. Listen. Sex is for marriage. It's sacred, you know. Right. This, of course, this is that, the oh, whole that's, that's you know had, the yes, ideal. Sort of, yes, and then it's yes. okay. But let me let me let me let me keep it a hundred with you. You're going you're going to get the itch. You're going to have this dream before the dream occurs, so that they're not taken right. aback by that. Right, but when they happens, wake up in this you know yeah, mucus yeah. all in their drawers, it's like what? <laughs> yeah. I'm right, right, dying. You know what I right, mean? Right, right, right. No, that's part of the process. Right, son. you got to talk well, them through. Yeah, it. welcome. So I prepared them for it. You know, we did the whole condoms and the banana joint. Now I did it. Now I you got to do cousin. it. Now you demonstrate it. Mm -hmm. So there's this this duality, ideal versus reality, like the real world that I have on my sons. Conversely, with my daughter, <laughs> there was only one part. There was the there was no duality. It was just all idealism, right? You don't give it away. No one's worthy of it. You can get a disease. You're gonna get pregnant. Right. Wait till you're married. That's the end of conversation. What happens is. Some little, some little slick, some little slickster, some little, some little, little boss, some little boss, some little Rob pulls up, <laughs> sweet talking, smooth talking, you know, twelfth grade trying to mack on my ninth grade daughter, and now I got, I'm forced to have the conversation yeah. before she gets taught by the streets. And so the answer yeah. to the question is, I think, for me, uh, I would have the conversation with my daughter in the same vein I had it with my sons. We would have talked about birth control and condoms and things of that nature. I'm always oh, giving her the game. Yeah, I would like that's looking new, back. You know they don't. That's traditional people. Yeah, you do so, not talk about sex with your daughters. That's right. Yeah. That's that's like new parents. That's millennial. That's parenting. millennial. <laughs> that's millennial parenting. But I understand why. Yeah. you would because I I think, I, and I don't know, is it our responsibilities as fathers? Or does that mm. fall on the mom? Because I remember T.I. got a lot of flack because he said that he'd take his daughter to um, the GYN to check and see if her hymen's still in place. Now, I think that that was a little bit too far. I think certain things, especially for a teenage girl, mom, you know, mom can do that. But I do know that, that fathers have a responsibility to be something to the daughters that is missing 
in society. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have a responsibility, and I think it's unfair for us sometimes to be like, you know what, I'm not doing it. So I'm trying to figure out with you guys, how do we figure out what it is? I definitely, for my daughter, I definitely want to be the thing that, um, that, that, that fulfills her want for stuff. So she's not wanting from somewhere else, if that makes sense. So that like, makes sense. Yeah, just, just her whatever whatever she needs. Because my biggest thing, I even just growing up thinking about how me and my sister grew. Me and my sister four years apart, and there are things that she might have wanted, but because obviously my parents are OD strict. Well, my dad at least he wasn't with the shit, so she wasn't gonna go out and get it. But I could see how if the parent is at least. Um, Kind of like, I want to say, do good and then you get good type thing. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? To build that relationship with my daughter, at least so now I know that I'm able to give her things that she doesn't necessarily, that no guy can't impress her with stuff outside of the crib type energy. I see what you you mean. know what I mean? Like, yeah. whatever, I'm able to provide her with some things where she's not like, I'm lacking this at home already, or I've never seen this, so this is new and it's amazing to me, so therefore I got to be like, just all over this particular individual right. because of. So, from like I say, for me, it's just really just letting her get familiar with having. Um, so, therefore... So, in our streets, uh, searching for them. Right, 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 100%. I will add to that. Talk uh, to me. In that, you, you talk about, you know, the role of a man in, in, a, in, in rearing a daughter. I think that that every child should have male and female energy and therefore male and female oh, perspectives. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In that yeah. rearing. So, I... Honestly, my wife is such an idealist that she couldn't, she couldn't deal with the real world conversation mm. with any of the, any of the kids. Mm. So then I had to be a buffer between the ideal and the reality. So my our, our daughter, our twenty one year old, actually she come to me yeah. first. But in an ideal world, I think mom should be the one to have that keep it a hundred conversation from the female perspective. For sure. Now. And, I understand what you're saying because that leads me to my next question. We understand that there's a duality between raising a boy and raising a girl. But as a father, you also have to learn to defer. Even though in my household, it is a known fact that I consider myself the leader in my household. Now, that doesn't mean as the leader, I know all. I know as a leader when to defer because my wife knows more, right? When do we defer to our wives or the mother of our children with raising our boys? Because we often, as, as fathers feel like we know how to raise boys. You don't tell me how to raise right. my son. But we just made it very clear here that there is a responsibility for a father with raising a daughter. Should we do a better job of having our mothers involved with raising our sons? Absolutely, right? I mean... Because you were raised by your mom. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think it, it actually is, it goes twofold, right? Because I feel like when you have a daughter, if you're this role model and this kind of, you know, figure that you're showing her what a good man is, you know what I mean, and what a good man should be, mm -hmm. you, you know, you, you would think that that's what they would be attracted to, right? Right. Because right. that's on the flip side, you know, that's what my mom was. And so if I was going to marry some, you, you know, marry a woman, like your mom. I'm going to marry right. someone, you know, like my mom. They do say that, though. A boy's first yeah. crush is his mom. They say that. It sounds creepy, yeah. Yeah. but that's yeah. the yeah. truth. Yeah. I hear you. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I ended up marrying an Arab, an Arab woman with, mm -hmm. with similar principles, you know, for the most part. And um, and knowing that she's gonna, she's already an amazing mother. So is that, I mean, those things are, you know, I feel like are, you know, paramount for, you know, sculpting what your child is going to be attracted to. You know what I mean? And end up, hopefully, end up with, you know, for for forever. Because so. here's my thing. Because because once we answer this question, I have a follow up question. Yeah. Now that we understand the duality to be between raising boys and girls. Mm -hmm. 
we understand the importance of having a father figure in the role of our daughters. But as fathers, oftentimes we push mothers aside when raising our sons mm -hmm. because we feel like I'm a man, I know how to raise a man. Speak to the importance, now that we've already discussed the importance of a father in a daughter's life, of having a mother help raise your son. To be honest. And how that was with you in your house. Yeah, Give us being some honest, yeah. I was with my mother 95% of the time, mm -hmm. actually, to be honest. Like, my dad came home. He was gone all day at work. He'd come home at nighttime. I'd see him for the time that I was up before, up until he says, time to go to bed. And that was the relationship as far as, like, uh, seeing and just being around him all the time. Of course, you got weekends and, you know, things like that. You go mm -hmm. hang out with him on church and all that other stuff. But for the most part, Monday through Friday, it was me and Mom Duke. So a lot of my stuff, like everything that I've kind of learned, like, for example, I never had a sex talk with my parents. Never. Not once. Mm -hmm. Never. I mean, it, it was probably just too taboo for them even, you know, because them, yeah. being, them being foreigners, um, older foreigners from Ghana, like, just to mm -hmm. come back and be here, I think they felt that was probably, to be honest, maybe like a custom that was more Western, like a Western custom. That to have that conversation? Right. You know okay. what I mean? Because, um, so I never, I never had that conversation with my parents about sex, period. You know, it was just kind of like trial and error, figure it out, just make sure you wear a condom, you know, kind of thing. I yeah. Mean, just having conversations with friends, watching things on TV. Um, so uh, to answer your question, um, I think it, I... <laughs> The dad's role is, is super important, but in my case, my dad was there, but I felt like I learned a lot more from my mother, though. You know, like mm -hmm. somebody said to me one time, he was like, um, he said, it's, it's super important to have like a dad around, you know? And I was like, no, absolutely. He's like, you know, just the little things like when you go to the bathroom and you take a piss, you know what I mean? Like how you dangle you dangle mm -hmm. your dick to let that drip, you know? Just make right. sure you're not putting the, the pissy dick tip in the back, back, back of the way. You know what I'm saying? But that's, but that's <laughs> something but men know, right? I went through, I got 100 kids potty training, so, so little things. And, and I feel like that's something that a lady technically wouldn't know to have to dangle the dick to... I feel you. Right, you know, so... Those last drips. Right, the, the last drips. You don't want to stay in the undies. And back then, we used to wear the tidy whiteies, and you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right, right. It's just all bad, but... So a lot of my learning, I learned from my mother. So in addition to learning from my mother, I also, like I said, I had older brothers. So my older brothers who lived with me kind of put me on game and just kind of schooled mm -hmm. me, cousins and all that. But a lot of my, my manly learnings, I guess, I didn't really... Honest, I learned how to treat a woman, of course, and I've seen how my dad treat my mom. So that in itself, like, my parents been together for 50, 50 plus years, bro. It like, was enough. That so. is my mom's first and last. You know what I'm saying? My mom mm -hmm. never been with no other guy but my dad. So they've been together forever. So f I have a old, I have a brother that's 50. So that lets me know oh, wow. that they've been they've been together they've even been doing long, right for a minute. So I know that their uh, I would say their practices. Now that I'm older, some of it I definitely won't. I won't practice with my kids, um, but a lot of it, a lot of it was was good. But there were, you know, like I say, there's just some things that you just kind of gotta bury as you get older, as far as like um, ways they might have raised you, things they might have said while raising you. Just kind of gotta bury some of those and know that that's not something that I want to um, put my child through, or just you know say to my kids when you know when their things are going bad or some shit. So I have a question for Rob because you got married it. 21. 21. You've been with Courtney for how long? Be 20 years. 20 years, right? Amen, bro. Yeah, when we were, that, that is love. Yeah. When we were all in that dating process, right? As now, because you weren't fathers in, were you thinking about this woman might be the the mother to my mm. kids when you were dating, and going through these processes, or was it just like, yep. I'm gonna smash? Oh, you knew. Nah. So my 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 girl was my friend first. We were like homies. Mm -hmm. And to your point about, you know, the impact of a woman or a mom in the life of boys, 
Mm-hmm. My mom was my model for for womanhood, just as my dad was my model for maleness. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, a woman worked, a woman still cooked mm-hmm. and, and still cleaned and mm-hmm. still tended to the children. That's My mom is a single that's what mom. She saw, that's, what, yeah. that's what she did. Right. So when my wife showed up, she was, she was the strongest woman that I've ever met mm-hmm. aside from my mom. So I dated other girls before, but they would break down. It was kind of weak. Yeah. And, but my wife... So I started to see these qualities. I, I wasn't intentional about it because, again, we was homies. But I began to see these qualities. I'm like, yo. After, like, six months of friendship, I was like, she got everything that I want in a woman. It's like a movie, a real movie. It is. Yeah. It's like, it is. Like it all a the movie. time. Yeah. I had a girlfriend. Best. High school yeah. sweetheart was a track star at Ohio State. So, um, you know, but this, 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 you know, love interest, this friendship became a love yeah. interest. And to your point, when I made her my girl, I knew, like, when I told her you my girl, I knew it was over. How old were you again at that age? I was I was 18, 19 at that time. Man, that's serious. I knew. I'm thinking at that's 18, mad serious, 18, bro. 18, I mean, think about it. 18, you're what, in college? Going into college yeah, sometimes? I was, right, so. 19, I was a junior. I was, right, so I was in some a, cases, well, folks is trying to figure out what they want to do as far as career-wise even, you know what I mean? And I'm here I am making a real decision at 21 or I 18 to say I want to marry. That's 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 real. And y'all together yeah. now. So you know yeah. what? Bro, Bob, I asked him. I said, you weren't scared at 18? Because yeah, because Courtney also had a child yeah. when they met. Yeah, so I was like, you wasn't afraid to be a stepfather at 18? Yeah. Like, what was going through your mind? That's a good point. Because at 18, I wasn't thinking about mm-hmm. even being a, a boyfriend to anybody. No, I, I told Kadeem verbatim. I'm like, I'm not trying to do this. I said, no. you're perfect. <laughs> I think you're perfect. If I could have things my way, and this is going to sound misogynistic, but I said mm-hmm. I would put you in the glass case mm-hmm. on the side. So I get ready. Yeah, to I already know. Back. We I all told, think that. We, we've all had that conversation. And men with think that. Absolutely. Men think that. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Men think that. And I, and I felt like I wanted to. And, yo, and then this is what Kay said. Kay said, I'm not fucking doing that. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I was like, oh, shit. I was like, oh, shit, I guess I got to try this yeah. monogamy thing. Yeah. You know, and I end up trying it until we get married and now we have three kids and right. life. this life. But it, it just it makes me think about all the things. And the reason why I wanted to have this discussion with you guys is because I think women and other men who don't have father figures need to hear the thought process for men as we're going through the dating process. 100%. We've already all admitted that we wouldn't have dated ourselves mm-hmm. if I was a single woman, so, except for Rob. Me, me. And, and the yeah. thing is, you you proved that because you got married at 21. That's yeah, true. Yeah, for sure. And you've been married. And you've worked through everything, which shows that you have longevity. Right. You know, but I, I wouldn't have married myself in my 20s. We all, we all talked about looking for women who remind us of our wives. Mm. Only one that didn't say that was Bafo, mm. because you haven't found you haven't yeah. found the Mrs. Right yet. No. But um, we all of say that moms, in way. Remind us of our moms. Remind us of our moms because we've all found someone to remind us of our moms. And also, finding a woman that can be a good mom to our kids. Yeah. Like these are the thought processes Facts. as men of when we start to date seriously. Right. Right. So I have one final question. One final question. Now that we know all of this. How do you think you can father? What's the best way to father? Mm. Like, like knowing everything you know now, what would be the best way? You, you have the woman that you want to live the rest of your life with. You have kids. What would you say would be your things that, you know, in order for me to be considered a good father, I would do these things. I would instill these qualities, and I would behave this way. I'll, I'll start. I'll start. Just yeah. I'll start. For me, it would be creating a safe space for my kids first mm-hmm. so that they can be exactly who they are. Yeah. Right. And I'm going to say something right now that's going to sound crazy, especially from where we came from, because we we grew up in Brooklyn during the 90s Mm. where homosexuality was like 
you couldn't even if someone said anything to you yeah. you would be pissed off wow now that i have kids i can tell you right now if one of my kids came to me and said that he was gay homosexual i'd be cool with it mm -hmm. growing up oh no we weren't cool with that i never thought that that would be where what it was yeah, right but when you learn to love someone unconditionally yeah. and you have kids and you can see in their eyes who they really are you start to realize as a parent that it doesn't matter what their sexual orientation is, who, what God they pray to, mm -hmm. this is my son or yeah. my daughter. Right. Right. So I, the first thing I would say is create a safe space so my kids can be exactly who they want to be Agreed. all the time. Yeah. I, agree. I agree. The second thing I would, be, I would say, and this is the last thing, is that I would find a mate that would be able to parent with the same vigor for parenthood that I have. Yeah. Because it's unfair for, for my kids to only have one. Yeah. You know, if this is a parent, if this is a partnership, right. I would want someone who is just as invigorated by it. And I would want I would want that person to just be as excited every morning to wake up about parenting. Yeah. How we parent is gonna change. Yeah. Cause I know things in my house are gonna be different from things in your house. Totally. Things different in your house, things different in your house. But I know that those two things matter the most to me. Yeah, Got totally. You. So totally. what y'all think? I mean, I agree completely. I think, you know, leading by example, you mm -hmm. know, first and foremost, and making sure that, like you said, there's a safe place, a safe place for them to be comfortable. Uh, and I feel like making sure that they don't only see you as a parent, but a best friend, you know? Mm -hmm. I th and I think, you know, like I see you with Jax, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I feel like you guys have that relationship and I feel like that's crucial, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because cause if they feel like they can come to you for, with anything, yeah. Then like that's the foundation of a good parenting. You know yeah. what I mean? Because now you know what they're feeling. You can really help guide them. You yeah. know what I mean? And yes. you're not going to, you know, implement you know your way of thinking or mm. you know the way you want them to be. You know what I mean? You can hear how they're feeling and, and hear exactly where their mental state is at and be able to just help them be who they want to be. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, Rather right. than shifting them the way you want to be or whatever. Like you said, like you know, if you, if one of your kids said, hey, I'm homosexual or whatever, at least you know that. You know, they can't they, they were comfortable enough telling you that. To, and to that's tell, important. Yeah, to Very tell important. you that. So now you can help guide them, you know, to to be, you know, the best person they can be with that sexual orientation, you know, so they're not reckless or not, you know, or not knowing what to do or not angry or not, you know, projecting the opposite on somebody. You know, there's mad See, people who are bullied who are homos that are bullying, mm -hmm. you know, other homos because they're scared to come out of the closet themselves you know what i mean now it's yeah. funny you say that because i have a home i have a homeboy mm -hmm. whose son and he asked me this is and this is how all these things happen mm -hmm. because the whole the whole paradigm is shifting mm -hmm. he's a black man and he said my son is gay i know he's gay but he hasn't come out and told me yet because he's afraid mm -hmm. and i don't want to bring it to him because that's his to tell mm -hmm. and i don't want to mm -hmm. endanger our our yeah. peace in our home because he feels like i was snooping or spying but his son is very aggressive, mm. and his son got into a fight in school mm. because a dude called him the F-word. Mm. So he beat the dude. Now this kid plays football. Yeah. Wow. So he's he's a big kid. Yeah. But he's like, Deval, how do I present to my son that I'm, I love him regardless? How do I? And, and this is a dude that, like me, was an alpha male. And I'll honestly say... When I was growing up, saying the F word was like anything else. It was like yeah. saying the N word. Yeah. Like you didn't realize the impact it had on people. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? You didn't have it. So he used to throw it around like it was nothing. And right. he was like, I didn't realize until I got older and I had kids. And then he said something to me that was so eye-opening to me. He said, Deval, I look at my son and I can tell that my son is struggling. 
because my son feels like if he if he chose he wouldn't have chose this if he had a choice. Mm. But he doesn't feel like he has a choice, wow. and he's gay. Yeah. And he said, as a father, it made me realize that who am I to judge someone who doesn't have a choice on who they love? That's who yeah. he loves. Agreed. And when you have a, a son, like it's unconditional. Yeah. He said, Deval, I never thought in a million years. He said, I look at my son and I, I just, I want to hug him. Yeah. But he said, what do I do? What do I tell him? So y'all, I'm asking y'all for advice. Because yeah. I didn't know what to tell him. Because yeah. I was just like, you know, tell him that you know. But then I'm thinking like, no, you can't tell him that because then he's going to want to know how you know. Were you yeah. snooping on me? Am I giving off something that shows that? Oh my God, everyone knows. Right. You know, and then I was like, well, do you wait for him to tell you and let these things happen? So what do y'all think he should do? I would, I would, yeah. I would engage in, first of all, he talked about creating a safe space. Yeah. yeah. That's imperative. Uh, but I would engage in, in a line of questioning that led to the, that at least gave him the space for the truth to emerge. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, mm -hmm. I ain't gonna lie to you. I had a conversation with my oldest. My oldest would never bring girls around. You know, he's pretty. Like, he's a, he's a good looking man. You know, he's mm -hmm. like, that dude, he's like Prince. Like, he Prince Prince. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, Don't yo, look in his eyes. yo, if, if, there's, if there's anybody, like, and this, this, there's homosexuality latent throughout my family on both sides, every generation. So I'm like, yo, this is, this is, he, he's our generation. So I asked him a series of questions because he never talked about girls, never brought any girls around. And he was just, pri he's private in that area of his right. life. And so I was like, you know, you got, first it started off as you talking to any girls at school? You, right. know, you got any interest in right, right. girls? Sunny. Right, right, right. Not subtle at all. More than one? <laughs> A bunch? <laughs> Somebody, anybody? Um, and then you kind of, you kind of let him, uh, just, you know, divulge or, or, or not. And then you say, you know, it, it, whatever it is that you're dealing with, this is the thing. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, there's no conversation and no life experience that you can have that you can't have with me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I said these things to him, you know, mm -hmm. and he was kind of like looking at me like I had three eyes. Like he was like, <laughs> this is a true story. He's like, Dad, do you, do you think I'm gay? Oh, so you, so you weren't subtle at all. I was leading really, any girls. There was no subtlety. I was leading the witness. He was like, nah. He's like, nah, man. He laughed like, nah, man. I'm just, nah, like, dad. I'm, I'm, focused, man. I'm just saying. Right. I'm just saying. If you, so, so just, <laughs> I, I think there's no other way to, I, I don't think you should wait for the son to bring it to I you. I agree, though. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree yeah, with that. Know, I would definitely, um, I would have a conversation for sure. I mean, because I just know like how I was raised. Like, it's not really with sugarcoat, and not mm -hmm. saying we're not. Obviously, there's very tactful ways of you know having that conversation. I will be as tactful and un um, unaggressive, I guess, or mm -hmm. just without him feeling attacked or she feeling attacked that I'm asking and having this conversation with them. But the most important thing for me definitely is the safe space to communicate and see me as the uncle or the or the father or whoever, but know that. Like, my niece and nephews, like, they call me the cool uncle. That right. lets me, like, so they come and they talk to me about things. You know, mm. like, I'll randomly be home and I'll get calls from my nieces mm. who are not calling their dad or their mom to right. ask questions, but right, they're asking they're me. You, right, you know right, what right, I mean? Right, so right. Um, I think be, giving off that that comfort to the child that they can talk to you without impunity, you know? Like, talk to you without any That's sort so of, so, without any sort of, like, feeling like my dad's going to judge me or he might look at me si sideways or I might actually even get in trouble right. for the fact that I'm telling my dad I'm gay. Nah, you just kind of got to allow that conversation to, to happen. Um, I, I Like I say, I, if I see it, like, this is the thing. Like, 
Growing up, there was definitely kids growing up in my neighborhood when I grew up, and they'd be like, oh, him? Yeah, he gay. He's gay. And this is when we were little. And you we're, knew and it. Then, and as they got older, it. now when I go home, these guys are gay. You know, like some of, most of them, actually. I'm not going to lie. Like, if there was 10 guys that when we were growing up, they pointed them out and was like, yo, I think he's such and such. And now when I go back home, those 10 guys are all yes. what they said they were going to, you yes. know, people said I remember they were. one in particular. You and Bro. I know he played football. Oh. <laughs> he played football. He played quarterback. He from Coney Island. I already know who you talking about. And he is now. Yeah. And it, and it's it's funny that you, you say that. You see it at a young age. You see the young age. Definitely yeah. see it at a young yes. age. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, and these are, these we all have that 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 uh, radar. You know Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. That sense. That little spider sense goes. But you know sure. what's crazy? Because of generational trauma, and we did a whole episode on mm-hmm. generational trauma. It is. Can you imagine living a life where you can't be yourself? It's tough. Imagine living a life where you're in your home with your parents, with your parents, the people who are supposed to love you unconditionally, and you can't be yourself. And the reason why this is important because, as black fathers, right? I think it is important that we change the dynamic and people thinking that gay bashing or homophobia is okay in the black community, and we accept it. Yeah. Mm. Because I, for one, don't. Like I just, I just don't. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, people are allowed to think whatever they believe in. You know, people who believe in God and, and Christianity will come to you and say, well, the Bible says that. Right. There's so many people in the Bible doing things and, and sinning and doing so many things yeah. I mean, on a daily basis. Things. You know what I'm saying? The craziest yeah, yeah. things. If, if, we can definitely nitpick. We I can mean, nitpick if we want to do that. But as a father, I think it's important for people to hear that if you have a child who may be struggling with this, because I don't know if people know this now, but the suicide rate, Amongst homosexual uh, boys and girls in the, in the country has risen, especially mm-hmm. during the pandemic. Yeah, and it's al- it's always been high against African Americans because they've yeah. always felt like they, they haven't been accepted. They right. suppressed that for so long. Can you imagine? That imagine that. Yeah. And as fathers, I think it's it's on us to be like, yo, you are free to be who you are. Yeah, you are free to be who you are, and we can accept it, and we can guide you yeah. through that aspect of your right. life the same way I would guide my heterosexual Sexual son or daughter right. through their right. life. Right. Because mm-hmm. just because, and this is another thing I said, just because you're homosexual don't mean you can go out there and just do whatever you want to no. do. Right. I wouldn't let my heterosexual son and daughter yeah. just do whatever they want right. to do. Right. Right. So what I would do is guide you yeah. the same way, and this conversation has not, I've listened to tons of podcasts about yeah. fatherhood, yeah. and we always address fatherhood with mother father, you know, son, daughter, traditional, and we're just forgetting about a group of people who have never been acknowledged. And I think that we should change that. And that's why I'm, and the thing is, and I want everyone to listen to this. When I went through the questions, I never said to these men that we were going to discuss this. So this wasn't a planned thing where we all came here and said we're going to say this. It wasn't planned and I didn't want it to be planned because I wanted to be genuine and I want people to understand that us as men are evolving, yeah, especially yeah. as black men. Yeah. We're continuing to evolve and learn about each other and learn about everyone. So I feel like we're the last of that quote unquote like toxic uh, generation. When I say yes. toxic, meaning like, I mean, we grew up in the era. We grew up in the 90s. You feel me? So we grew up where men had to be wild, masculine, and yes. macho. You know, like yes. you can't really show signs of weakness. I right. feel like yes. we're the last of that batch. After we get out, men are like allowed to cry, you know, in a sense. Yeah, like, absolutely. Men are allowed to feel some way. Like it's okay to have feelings in yes. a sense. You know what I mean? And yes. I think that's so important as we phase out our like we're phasing out ourselves in a sense, you know, like right. we're phasing out the way we were brought in and we're allowing this new path, this new brainwave uh to kind of move in and be the new quote unquote norm as they yeah. say. You know, the yeah. new the new way to have kids and the new way to approach your your, your family, you know, yeah. things of that nature. So um, you know, we're the last of the of the dying breed as they say, I guess, right? Like, I just wanna I wanna make a distinction before we move off this topic. You you wrap us up, Deval. Uh we spoke about homosexuality in the context of people who don't have a choice. 
Mm -hmm. um, something happens in the wound and during the gestational period, chemicalization uh, or the effeminization of, of males and, and where the, uh, the testosterone and the estrogen levels, that all happens in the wound. Sure. There's a whole science. spectrum. There's a whole science. There's a whole uh -huh. science to yeah, it. But sure. there's also people who just flat out choose yeah. True. to be homosexual mm -hmm. because... That's what they like and prefer. Like. Yeah, yeah, for that's sure. That's what they prefer. I would put preference. that. Preference. preference. Personal preference. preference. Yeah. I would put those people in the same boat as the people who were born that way. To, to me. That's fair. No, I, yeah. I agree. I think yeah. that that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Not, to just, not to just say, well, if, you, oh, if you're born this way, it's cool. If you choose it, then it's not. You're right. You're right. That's I think that's you're right. Because right. the preference is still, I mean, the preference is your choice. And ultimately, like, and I don't think you should fault me for not liking to eat beef hypothetically if that's the thing that is a good analogy you know what i mean that like, is a good I, don't, analogy. I don't eat beef that's not that's i don't eat it i don't think you should look at me sideways for that though that's a good that's you a know? good analogy so, yeah that's a good analogy preference baby <laughs> gentlemen i appreciate you but we're not done yet we're not done yet before we come back with listener letters we're going to take a quick break we got to pay some bills all right, but we'll, be come, we'll come right back with the listener letters. Kadeem's not here, so I'm going to do the listener letters. Pay we'll some right meters, back. too. We'll pay oh, some shoot, meters. we do got to pay the meters. Bafo about to get told. <laughs> yeah, we definitely got to pay some meters. <laughs> we'll be right back. Holla. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all, losing two loved ones in a matter of six months, it can be a lot. And a lot of times when you're dealing with grief, you have a lot to get off your chest with your family. That's absolutely right. You know, people carry around all different types of stresses, big and small. When you keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to kind of figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash deadass. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs, classic clogs, and sandals have both covered. When I'm talking about style, I mean personal style. There are just so many colors and so many gibbet charms that you can add to the Crocs to make them unique. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood, to match your personality, to fit the occasion, and you can change them up day to day. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now, let's talk about comfort. You know... It doesn't get better than Crocs, clogs, and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here, they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushions. That's right. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. Hey, what's good, y'all? I think it's important for you to understand why black representation in media is important. It's important because the media represents how people view us. And it's important that they understand that black people are not a monolithic people. That is a fact. And the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truth. Black Stories, Black Truth is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct as 
varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. All right, now we're back. All right, we had to go pay some bills. Uh, Slick went to go put some money in the meter so he didn't get no ticket. All right, I think Kay just took the car from me, told me to hitch a ride home. So I, one of y'all got I got you. Me. You got me, Robert. I got you, bro. <laughs> so we want to listen to letters. This is where people, uh, they email in, ask us for some advice. So Kadeen is not here, so it's going to be the advice from the guys today. So we're going to take one listener letter. Here we go. We're going to try our best, all right? First off, I just want to say the value truly inspired me to be a better husband to my wife. Oh, I appreciate that, bro. And father to my sons. Just wanted to know if you had any advice on fatherhood. I have a three-year-old and a two-week-old, and I feel that due to not having any good examples of being a good father, I'm unequipped to give them the tools to be upstanding men. Any help is appreciated. Mm, you got two sons. You got a son. You grew up with a father. I got three sons. Um, what's some, some good advice? Let's everybody just give him one tip. One tip. Here one we tip. go. I hear that a lot. And, and what's that? It's, it's that I didn't have an example or a proper example, so I don't know how to. Let's just keep it a buck. You know how to. After the age of 13. Let's just go. Bo, let's not let them. We yeah. can't let the nigga off the hook. Right, right. Yeah. Pardon my language, but no, Bo, no, G-shirt, G-shirt. if you a grown-ass man, you didn't that's have fair, to have bro. a dad. You that's didn't have fair. to. You have. You, you watch TV. Yeah. My thing to him is this: get a good vision. Yeah, you creative. Visuals. Get a good vision Agreed. of what an ideal dad looks like, and then you work your ass off to exceed that vision. Yeah. Draw influences from Deval. Mm-hmm. Draw influences from old reruns of the Cosby's. Like right, I don't right, know, right. Uncle Phil. Yeah, like Uncle Phil, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Carl this is Carl, Carl, Come on, yeah. man. <laughs> Even watch Good Times. Good so you Times. Know how not to be as far <laughs> right, as a father right, goes. Right, you know what I'm saying? Come on, man. Like, like, can we just dare? Like, we 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 got cancel culture. So let's just cancel. I didn't have, so I don't know how to X. I didn't have X, so I don't know how to X. Rob, I can rock with that. Yeah, I can rock with that. Yeah, that's my two cents. I definitely agree with Rob. I mean, he took my answer. He (laughs) took my answer, Rob. Great minds think alike, bro. I know, absolutely. Safety's Um, in the building. Advice for the brother. Um, How old is the the children? He said he had kids uh, three and two Two weeks old. I mean, my thing really, to be honest, like, I would say just just stay present, you know? Mm -hmm. Just in all forms of presence, meaning, like, attention, 
meaning like just being there and, you know, cause being there doesn't necessarily mean that you're present. So right. you, you, mm-hmm. you definitely present in a sense of constantly just, even just watching the kids, mm-hmm. like looking at them every, like devoting time. Cause I have nieces and nephews. So, um, there are times, you know, I'm hanging out with them. My sister might dip off and, you know, watch them for a bit. And mm-hmm. I, I have to sit there and now change. I'm not just, I'm uncle Bob, but I'm also like. You're kind of like the parent right now, Bob. Yeah. So you got to make sure that they're good while she's going. <laughs> right, you know? right, right. I remember one time I was right. going to the movie theater. I went to the movie theaters with my niece and nephew, and um, I took my niece out the car. And I took my nephew out the car. When I turned around, my nephew was gone. When I in, in that moment, the feeling that I had in my chest, like that, it was like an instant anxiety, fear, like, oh my God, where's yeah. the kid at? Feeling yeah. like yeah. just him not being present yeah. in that been moment. There, been there before. Bro, yeah. but he was around the other side of the car. So he was just kind of like, at that moment, I felt like it was it's such my duty to make sure that these kids are one well and that they know that if some shit went down, uncle's. You know, uncle's right behind me, and he's yeah. going to take care of me and, you know, protect me. Sorry. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say definitely being present um, all the time. Um, and, I mean, they're kids. They're three and some months old. So, yeah, you got to be very present, bro. There you go. Solving. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I would say, um, you know, definitely agree with, with, with what y'all said. But um, it goes back to what I said earlier about not just being a parent but being their friend, too. Making, mm-hmm. sure, that, so. making sure that they know that you are a friend as well as – you know, a parent. And obviously, you know, there's boundaries and respect that needs to be had uh, because you're not just a friend. Right, 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 right. absolutely. But, um, but yeah, they they need to be, you know, you need to to be able to to navigate both, you know, being a father and a a friend. So here's my thing, because all of you are right, but there's one key component that I think that we often miss as a father, which is being a very good companion to their mom. Mm -hmm. Because I think people don't understand that the, the emotions and the feeling that in the sense that they get from their mom is never going to go away. That connection, especially if they're yeah. still young. Right. I learned from Cairo because I used to speak to Kadeen's stomach all the time. When I walked in the room and I just started talking, when he was about a week old, his head used to turn to the direction yeah. because he's used to hearing the that voice. voice. Yeah. And then with Kaz, whenever me and Cairo started talking, his head always turned. So you become a father in utero. Mm-hmm. Come on, Deval. Come on, Deval. Come on, Deval. You heard me say utero? Come on, You heard me say utero. I said utero. Come on. That continues throughout parenthood. Yeah. The more you pour into their mom and make her feel special, those essence, that feeling. And and men sometimes don't want to hear it, but you're not going to be first no more, bro. Yeah. You know, your wife is or your your girl or your your child's mother is going to wake up in the morning. The first thing on her mind is going to be those children. Mm, so that's facts. If you, you know, yeah. <laughs> right. you, how how old is X? Eight months. Nine months. Yeah. Nine months. Yeah, it's fresh. So when you wake up and you make sure she's good, right. she'll make sure the kids are good, and that's important because yeah. all the stresses you cause are gonna roll down to those children, even yeah. if you're not causing the stresses yourself. So what about the single dads, though? Oh, the single dads. Mm. Listen, if if I was a single dad that's right real. now, um, I would learn how to balance between providing. And being present. Because that's the biggest thing I hear from single dads. Single dads all the time say, you know, well, I got to be there, but I also got to provide. And there's a balance. You have to choose when is the right time to provide. And sometimes, um, and I did this recently, presence is more important than presence. Mm, Which means that you got to be here. You may not be able to get them Jordans this month. But if I made every single one of his games, he'll feel better. So it's understanding the balance as a single dad and knowing that you got to be there. That's real. I will add to that this um, as a single, my dad, well, he wasn't a single dad. Well, he was, because I lived with him for a couple years when my mom was having problems. 
as a single dad, two things. Self-love. Model that. Show, show your kids when you have them, if you have them all the time, or if you have them on the weekend, what self-love looks like. Mm. And then I would say number one. Especially for boys, right? Because you got two sons. You got two sons. two sons. Practice self-love, whether that's how you get your hair cut, you working out, you going on dancing, whatever it is. Cooking, going on vacation, treat yourself. Um, But the other thing that I think is even more important than that is how that single dad treats the baby mother or baby mothers. Yeah. Um, I get you. Yeah, I get you. A lot of friction, especially if there's courts involved with child support. Dudes take it out on the the mother when... Yo, she should be working. She don't need yeah. this much money. Bro, if, if you lay down with her and you drop something up off, up in her, and God saw it fit, you 14 trillion in one chance that this baby's going to be here. But yeah. some reason, out of all the joints you smack down, yeah. she got pregnant. <laughs> Bro, you know what I'm saying? I, I mean, you and me on the same, same on the same page <laughs> same with that. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't fool around with the whole child support thing because I do believe you have a fiduciary responsibility right. to take care of your children. Like, yeah. we're, women are the vessels of life. I say it all the time. Come on, man. And we always have these conversations about, you know, men are equal to women. I don't think men and women are equal. There are certain things no. women can do that men cannot do. 100%. Women there's can create life. There's a lot. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot. There's a lot. There's so a lot. There's, a lot. there's a greater aspect to that. To that. So if you are, that. when you are a part yeah. of creating that life that she is now the vessel for, you are responsible. Yeah. I don't care if she works, if she don't work. Right. If you were that concerned about whether she works or not, then you shouldn't have slept with her. Fact. You know what I'm saying? At, at this point, it's too late. The child is here. Man up. So And, and that's, that's just me. Now, some, some men up. will be like, that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Oh, you a simp. I, you, I hear that all the time. But the, the, the bottom line is, is that's your child now, bro. It's definitely right. your kid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's niggas, your child. Like, it's your kid, bro. Like, like, <laughs> like, that doesn't... I, like the thought, I know. like the thought of the it, thought, like, like I created this. Now I'm out. Now I'm out. Like, I just, man, I and, don't know. I, yeah. And the reason I'm out is because the child's, yeah. the, the the courts are in my business, or or my baby mom's a thought. So I'm gonna be mad, disrespectful. Now, if you nah, a single dad, to slick question, kids, you gotta honor that baby mom. I don't care if she's a stripper yeah. seven I days agree. a week, bro. Agree. I agree. Treat her like a queen, especially in front of your kids. Bruh, and the sad thing must. is, if you treat her like a queen, no matter how much. Of a thought she is, because I got a homeboy that's dealing with like a crazy baby mother. Yeah. And from the time that he got her pregnant, I told him, I said, yo, it don't matter what she do, bro. Yeah. You're going to have to treat her like she's the queen because facts, she's going to be the vessel that brings your daughter yeah. into the world. Yeah. And he has. And she's she kind of out there, mm-hmm. but he's continuing to do things the right way. He won't talk down to her. He right. won't be disrespectful. And I'm like, you got to, bro. Yeah. If You know, that's if you fun. didn't want to deal with this, you should have never slept with her. Yeah. So, yeah. bro, that's... that. I, Something listen. to factor in when you're going to bed, guys. Yes. <laughs> yes. That ass, though. Yes. No, that's a real conversation. Bro, that's a whole nother Dead conversation. Ass. Yes. About joints. I mean, let me not say joints. Let me be more clean women that you sleep with i think the thing is guys we end up a lot of times just sleeping with females and ladies just off rip we just sleep with a bunch of them when they look nice we sleep with them sometimes and if this looks good but this don't look good you know what Mm, i might still do something with that you know what i'm saying so we have to get to the point now where it's not just it's not this it's like Mm -hmm. you know what if like if i impregnate this lady Am I comfortable and am I going to be happy with the result of her bearing my kids and being together? Ask yourself that question. That's maturity. That's maturity. Real talk. Real talk. That's maturity. And if you feel like if she has, if she got pregnant, you would be completely okay with it, then my nigga, go ahead, strike away. That's, you know what's funny? Think about how much sex you wouldn't have. If you looked at a woman and said she wouldn't be a good mother, I'm out. I'm out. You know what Bro, I'm saying? Numbers blow. Numbers blow. <laughs> I mean, un- unprotected sex. Yeah, yeah. Un- but well, even yeah. protected sex, 
Because I mean, shit happens. happens. Yeah, shit happens. Yeah, for sure. Happen. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you can protect yourself. You, for yeah, you sure. No, yourself. no, totally. But yeah, I, that's something like as I got older, mm. obviously, the 20-year-old me wasn't thinking like that. But as I got older, I started to implement that into my little venting process in a sense. Like, mm-hmm. if I am sleeping with this lady, this beautiful lady, if she got pregnant and came to me and said, Bafo, I am pregnant, we have a kid. And uh, I just want to lay this message on you. What would my response be if I was completely okay with that? I'd have to be okay with it, you know? Yep. Like, I'd have to be okay with that. So, I second yeah. that. I second so, that. Well, guys, fellas, yeah. we are running out of, well, no, we have run out of time. <laughs> Jacob is trying to go home. Tribble is in the booth. Like, these dudes keep talking. Yeah. So, uh, I just want to let y'all know that I appreciate y'all. First and foremost, be sure to find us on social media. I did it. No, I'll do that afterwards. I appreciate y'all. Yeah. I really do. Typically, like we do a moment of truth, but I feel like we've gotten so many moments the of whole truth thing. from everyone. I hope y'all learned a lot today. Um, young ladies out there, I've hoped you've learned what the thought process is for us as men when we're going through that whole process of dating, uh, where we are in our lives. Young men, I've hoped you learned if you don't have a father figure, you can listen to this podcast and Seriously. learn. Um, and anyone in between, if you learned anything today, we appreciate you. Slick, sir, Rob. I love y'all, man. Love it's okay for too. us too as men to say we love each other, yeah, man. I, I love y'all. I love y'all. And bro. I appreciate y'all, man. Absolutely. Thank you bro. so much. So be sure to find us on social media at Deadass the Podcast. Um, go follow Kadeen I Am. Of course, I am Deval. Give y'all handles so people can know where to find y'all, man. Uh, at Slick underscore Naeem, N A I M. Sir Bafo, S E R B A F F O. At Rob Davon, R O B B D A V O N on Insta. I need to get y'all names before we get about here. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, man, that's Dead Ass the Podcast. D E A D A S S T H E P O D C A S T. Follow Kadeen I Am and I Am Deval. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Dead Ass. Peace. Peace. Dead Ass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Dead Ass the Podcast and never miss a thing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. You know that I feel like it's important to express yourself. You got to put your true self out there. And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do that. That's right. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know it doesn't get any more comfortable than the Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They are just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit Crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. One at Flatiron Plaza in New York City and one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's a perfect time to try, like, and share black-led products. It's free for everyone and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it.
Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.